OTB Sports Rugby. Some of the hype around Jack Crowley has been premature. He's played pretty well, but having him as the second coming of Christ seems to be a little bit aggressive. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Here we from go. a resource perspective here in this team, engineers, cars, equipment, from a driver's perspective, you want to submerge yourself in that environment. There's no program like it in, in Indy Next. An environment like this, it's to win and get results, so that's, that's what we're going for. It's huge to be here in North America representing the island of Ireland. You know, not many people actually branch out of Ireland when you look at motorsport on a global scale. I'm James Rowe, Indy Next driver for Andretti Autosport. So that's the official announcement video there, James, that we've just rolled for our audience. You're welcome to the studio. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Excited when when does this all start? When do you actually start driving then? First race is the first weekend of March in St. Petersburg, Florida. Okay. Um, but we have two test days between now and then, one at the end of January in, in Miami and another one at the end of February. And uh, we've been rolling probably for the last three or four months, putting everything together. And we had some tests prior to Christmas and a lot of work behind the scenes. How did they go, the test before Christmas? What, what kind of state is it in at the moment? Good, yeah. It's looking uh, looking really good, actually. Um, part of that program was the evaluation test for this deal. Uh, so that's the way it came about, is the team bring you out and they evaluate you for two days. And, and so no pressure? No, <laughs> no pressure whatsoever. They um, turn, uh, turn the dial up and, and see what you can do in, in their machinery, see how you get along with the engineers, the crews, the mechanics, what your dialogue's like, you know, what your feedback's like, how you how you advance uh, the team as a whole they're looking for the right candidate and obviously with a team such as Andretti you know their, their doors being bat down with drivers every day of the week so even just to, you know, to be honest get that evaluation test was big um, and then thankfully it went well and uh, yeah J.F. Torman the president of Andretti Autosport called and offered a contract uh, late uh, October and here we are now How many of you are on that uh, Andretti team for the Indy next season? So I have three teammates, and uh, it's a four-car team. But the way it's structured within a team of such scale is that it's essentially four one-car teams within. So every car has their own engineer, their own crew chief, their right. own mechanics. Everything runs, let's say, individually while it's at the racetrack. And away from the track, then obviously it's all together as, as a group. Um, and myself and the teammates work together and the other engineers. But when we're on track... Um, it's a it's a unit. It's your, a unit, your unit. Yeah, and, exactly. And how many cars are on the grid then? So there will be 20 cars on the grid um, based out of four or five teams. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, to be honest, it's your champions from all over the world. Japanese F3 champions, British F3 champions, European F3 guys, uh, Indy Pro 2000 champions, uh, you know, winners from, from all around the world, W Series champions, all coming together. So, um it's the last step for the pinnacle of US motorsports so naturally there's a, a lot of good stuff there so we're seeing some of the, the B-roll here that we have these are the cars these are the right. next cars yeah what kind of speeds are these getting up to depending on the track anywhere from average anywhere from 170 to 220 miles an hour so I don't know about 300 and something kilometres um, an hour and uh, <laughs> yeah sorry can we go back to the start of that look how close those cars are coming to the to the wall as well like this when people say it's a that's on of, purpose yeah of course yeah. but it, it's a sport of millimetres and that's the well and that, that's what it's about you know the, whoever um the, the, the running joke is it's the thinnest line between I've got and it's it's got me so whoever can can run that that line for as long as they can like like going on a tight rope is the guy that's ultimately going to be quickest so uh 
yeah, that that's it. That was a street course that was played there. So concrete walls all around you. That was actually St. Pete, where our, our, our season opener is. And uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll we'll go there. And you you <laughs> basically the closer you are to the walls, the faster you go. It's funny. Like I, I, a couple of years ago, got to visit um, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and see the gasoline alley and the order yeah. bricks and all the rest. And you see when you're in the museum and you're seeing all the old cars and the trophies. The Andretti name is literally everywhere. Yeah. So, like maybe people who, who are unfamiliar with with Mario Andretti and even Michael, uh, just how big is the Andretti name in the states in North America? Ah, oh, it's huge. I mean, the 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 fact and the demographic behind it is that the Andretti name is known by seventy five percent of U.S. households. So you imagine the the North American population seventy five percent of those households resonating with the name is absolutely huge. Um, and ultimately, you know, Mario and Michael Andretti. Are huge, huge names, and Mario, of course, being one of the all-time greats in this industry, motorsport, Formula One, IndyCar, sports cars. Michael being involved in, in Formula One uh, as a driver, um, and a number of IndyCar wins and pole positions, championships. They're they're a powerhouse in in in, in global motorsport, actually, not just U.S. motorsport, and and that's ultimately why why this is such a you know a huge moment for my career is that you align yourself with 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 both michael and mario and and, and their outfit and, and where they're going it's uh it's pretty pretty exciting the, the, there was big news yesterday as well aside from your own announcement mm-hmm. that uh, uh, andretti have joined forces with general motors for a for a uh, bid for formula one with cadillac Correct, yeah. 2026 so is this is this something you're keeping an eye on like is your are your ultimate do your ultimate ambitions lie in Indy or do they lie in Formula One or are you kind of just taking it year by year? Well, my goal and, and uh, dream, so to speak, is to get to the Indy 500, be the first Irishman there since the 1980s and, uh, you know, ultimately want to win it. So um, that's what I'm focused on right now and, you know, being part of, of the Andretti Indy Next program, uh, a level below their IndyCar program, surrounded by all the IndyCar drivers and, and crew chiefs and stuff on an everyday basis in the workshop is huge for that. So that's where I'm going right now, and that's what I'm what I'm focusing on, and and that's 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 the focus. But having said that, naturally, again, the team such scale, you know, they're involved in Indy Next, IndyCar, Formula E, Extreme E, V8 Supercars in Australia, Le Mans, uh, with a partnership with a sports car team, of course, in the middle of the F1 bid right now. Um, Basically, Michael's goal and vision is to be a, a, a powerhouse within global motorsport, and he wants to be involved in absolutely every top-level championship and winning it. And um, there's more announcements to come down the line, and he's just a, a very, very um, determined, hungry individual who's going to make it happen. So, yes, to be part of that is huge, and... Um, it, let's just see what happens. I think right now, just folks in my job, what they sign me up for, and uh, see where the rest takes us. It's funny when you talked about your your trial not being just to see if you can drive the car the fastest, but also to give them the feedback to help the team grow. So um, that's something you need to work on and need to fully understand. So, is your own background in engineering, or how did you how do you become uh, proficient at explaining that something is not aligned properly? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. This I just grew up. Um, Family business in in Ace County Kildare is a, is a is a car garage. So grew up around it since a very young age, uh, being around cars and and mechanics, so to speak. And my uncle Michael Rowe had a professional career back in the eighties and nineties in Japanese sports cars and Le Mans and stuff. So naturally, growing up through his professional career, you know, I got to pick up in bits. And um, I suppose when you when you combine the two together, you naturally just pick up a little understanding of vehicle, vehicle dynamics and it's something that comes quite easy and uh and then to be able to explain it to somebody is the other aspect of yeah that, right? it's just it's 
it's hard to even verbalise. It's a feel, and, and you you know what end of the car needs what, and and it's purely based off experience, you know. And we need less front spring or more rear spring, or we need more downforce or whatever that may be. Is that it's built over time and knowledge, like anything. You learn the principles, and then you got to feel it and experience it to give that accurate feedback. Um, but it's ultimately a feel thing. Is you got to feel at what end of the the car needs what. Speaking of feeling, right? So when you're doing the tests, what are you feeling? Like, because there's a lot on the line. Yeah, uh, at that test, I just focused on on me and just driving and, and prepared as, as best as I could for the test. And you got to have self <coughs> self belief in this sport, so um, focused on, as I said, on me and just doing the job. And uh, hopefully that was enough, in which it was. So that that's ultimately all you can do in sport. You know, you control the controllables and, and yeah, do what and you it, got. I, I, so where did you learn that stuff? Is that the psychology of the sport, uh, like, is that something you you read about? You speak to other former drivers. Is it just yeah. people you trust, or is is that innate? No, there, there's there's a certain aspect that's innate, but I think to get the last piece of the puzzle, so to speak, you got to tap into what's around you. So yeah, I've been fortunate to have some guys in my corner. Um, who've been uh, very uh, supportive in that area, one of which is Gary Keegan. He works with the Irish rugby team and, and does a lot there. Actually, I'm going to have a coffee with him after this. Um, so uh, Gary, you know, paints a good picture there and, and I've, I've been fortunate to have that. But then also, as I said, just going back to you either believe in yourself or you don't um, and trusting that, you know, you're given these opportunities for a certain reason. You're in this position for a reason and... If you're working hard enough and you're doing the right things, um, just trust that it's going to happen. Yeah, Gary Keegan's a very impressive character. I've yeah. never come away from meeting him without thinking, yeah, my life is amazing. I'm going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's good to have somebody like that in your corner. No, he's good. He's uh, just very genuine, says it as it is, and that's my personality, that just very direct and, um, yeah, no, uh, no fluff and things, and that's what he's like. That was an important thing. I remember from speaking to you before, James, I remember you, you talking about how important other sports were, even in your upbringing, whether it was water sports or skiing or rugby or boxing. Uh, I know you follow the Green Bay Packers as well in yeah, the NFL. Yeah. So you, you seem like someone who's tapped into a little bit of everything and taken tidbits from all kinds of sports. Well, that, it's funny because I didn't start motorsport until I was 15 years of age, which is very, very late. Uh, most IndyCar or Formula 1 drivers are go-karting since they're four or five years of age. So naturally, you know, they're a decade ahead of you on the experience standpoint. So, you know, when... We're in the Andretti shop and you're hanging around the likes of Roman Grosjean and Colton Herta and you know, even my teammates, McElroy and Foster and Chadwick, all these guys. They were they were driving since 20, 2004. I started in twenty fourteen. Um so that you know, that upbringing, I just did the usual sports that every Irish kid does, you know, rugby, golf, football, hurling, whatever it may be. Um for various different circumstances and uh that ultimately boiled down to the fact that the commercial aspect of the sport it's a sport like no other you don't buy a pair of boots and go to the pitch you gotta buy cars haulers engines mechanics you know crews tires it goes on and on so to get in it is quite tough and it took me until 15 years of age but now i am thankful that i had that upbringing and um as you said yeah it paint, paints a good picture of of what what other things are about and it, on, honestly it gives you a different perspective on certain scenarios because if you come up through a, a tunnel for for you know a decade from four or five years of age, you kind of you know get the blinkers on you and you, you can't see much. So when you see other aspects under sports, you can look at things from certain scenarios and and ultimately it helps you, you know the emotional intelligence of dealing with your team, like of, of talking to a mechanic who might have something else going on in their life that isn't just this thing this week, and you need to be slightly aware of that one at the same time focusing on the outcome. Is like absolutely you know, yeah no that that's that's a big part and and 
it's it's huge in our industry because to win, so many things have to come together. So if I'm a, a rugby player or or sorry, no, not if I'm a golfer or or a, or a tennis player, I just focus on myself. I know once I'm under control, I'm good. But in our industry, you got the variables of the engineer, the driver, the crew chief, all the mechanics, the guy who built the gearbox, the guy who built the engine, the tire guy. Everyone has to be on their game to perform. And if one of us doesn't perform, we're not going to win. And ultimately, it's it's from a Thursday through to a Sunday, you know, of a race. There's 200 small decisions made from each of those individuals. So naturally, if my engineer's having a bad weekend and um, or a bad time at home, and he comes to the track and that comes to the track, his head's going to be down. He's not going to be thinking as sharp. If the tire guy is having a rough time, if the, you know crew chief is. So it's a it's a team effort, and that's what team sports is. Um, and yeah, you're right. You got to understand who you're dealing with and, and how to get the the most out of them. I think that's what a lot of the greats do, and especially on the team ownership side, it's one of Michael's biggest traits is um, getting the the most out of his guys. When you are, are are getting signed for a team like Andretti, is it different from uh, a smaller team? Is there less pressure on you to bring a massive amount of sponsorship and finance with you because they're already so well established? So it's a combination of the two. Naturally, you know, it depends on which way you look at it. It swings and roundabouts. So being with a team of such scale, as I said, known by 75% of U.S. households, that creates a lot of excitement and opportunity for the partners and sponsors, so they want to be part of that. Um, but having said that, the team is extremely well established, yes, and, and they have a lot of commercial background and a you know full in-house commercial commercial department, as any big sports team does. So it's a combination of the both. There's no direct answer to it. Um, but one thing for sure that has been evident is the return on investment to commercial partners has grown astronomically overnight based off the fact that we're now representing the Dreddy Autosport brand because as you can imagine... So these are your commercial partners we're talking about. Correct, this yeah. is the other aspect of this that like, I'm not sure everybody fully understands. Mm-hmm. I'd say most people think you're a driver, mm-hmm. but actually you're a businessman. Yeah. Like, for, <laughs> you know, um, your, your job is to generate enough revenue while at the same time being faster than everybody else. So you've like this split personality when it comes to yeah. <laughs> managing your career. Yeah, no, you're dead right. I mean, three weeks before Christmas, for instance, I was on the road straight for three weeks throughout North America, Indy, Florida, California, Texas, New York, all these states with meetings with senior level executives in relation to what we what we do. But as I said, it's all been very successful. I'm very fortunate to have very good partners around me, um, top composition and group being one of them, and, and they've been with me since 2019. And, and ultimately, you know, what's really fortunate here is the fact that the demographic fan base and return on investment that's on hand is, you know, seeable. So, so any of these commercial partners that come on board, it's not, you know, cap in hand looking for, for, for support. It's a full commercial proposition that grows their business. And What, uh, is, their, what is their proposition? Like, so when you're at those meetings, what are, you, what are you saying? What's your job there? Well, ultimately, every partner is going to be different, right? So, so it depends on, under, you know, understanding what your needs and wants are, first and foremost, and where you're trying to take your, your business and, and, and what your goals and objectives are within your marketing department or your business division. But for, for us, you know, some partners are all about corporate entertainment and corporate hospitality. Others are about brand growth. Others are about B2B deals. So introducing business to businesses in the sense that, you know, the beauty of our industry in, in North America is it's sponsored by all the major corporations in North America, Verizon, Hitachi, you know, PNC Bank, US Bank, uh, Caterpillar, it goes on and on and on. There's huge brands involved. So when other brands come in, um, they get to engage and interact with senior level executives who are all at the racetrack in relation okay. or in relation to it. So now all of a sudden you're at the racetrack, you know, you could bump into <clears throat> 
the CEO of Budweiser and so part of it's matchmaking. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, right. It, it's 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 hard to you know to explain it in 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 one little short conversation. But ultimately, as I said, it boils back to the fan base, the demographics, the viewing figures that the sports get, gets. Like IndyCar right now in North America has higher viewing figures than men's golf in UFC. So if you think of that as a whole, it's growing faster than the big four sports on the on the um, on the on the viewing side. So. You know, you're you're a you're a corporation, and you you want to align with 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 an athlete, and and you know align yourself with a brand that's known by seventy five percent of U.S. households very quickly. It's justifiable, just purely based off numbers. Does being Irish like that that strikes me as something that's remarkable? You're going to have a lot of eyes on you, I suppose, with the Andretti name. Mm-hmm. You know, the link there, and 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 I guess it's about that. It's about increasing profile. Mm-hmm. Does having the Irishness help over there? Is it almost a, a unique selling point in some ways? I mean, it's yes, it is. It it, it helps. I mean, there, there's certain scenarios that it helps. And obviously, if you're speaking to a guy who has a second name called Murphy, he's interested <laughs> that you're Irish. Um, and there seems to be a lot of them over there. But um, there's days that it helps, and there's days where where you, you wouldn't mention whatsoever. It's it certainly doesn't hurt. You know, I'm very proud to be Irish. Very proud to be an Irish guy competing in North America. The only Irish athlete in North America in this discipline um, and you know as I said the goal being the first Irish man to get to the Indy 500 and, and it, since 1980 but but my goal is to be an Irish athlete in the biggest one day sporting event in the world so you know our nation is, is huge for, for producing athletes you know you all the all the top athletes you know whether it's golf whether it's boxing whether it's you know horse riding whatever that may be there's there's huge huge talent in this country rugby players everything but to to go and be an irish guy in the biggest one day sporting event is in the world is is the goal and uh that's something that uh of course is is unique you mentioned the name roman grosjean there as someone who you know you'd be mingling with in the, mm-hmm. in the paddock uh, familiar to any fans of formula one drive to survive as the Haas driver who crashed into the barrier in bahrain at 192 kilometers per hour mm-hmm. fireball somehow survived um, 67 G's I think it was on impact do those conversations come up in Paddock when you're chatting to the likes of Roman about his experiences yeah well uh, I think yeah he survived death that day like it's unbelievably you know perished through a, a metal barrier with a car engulfed in flames and somehow got out of it um, so when you're speaking to him you, you can't help but see the scars on his hand you know all the all the uh, the aftermath of being in a fireball, like run, he basically ran through a fire, he came out in in a fireball. So, um, look, as as a as a driver, you don't really bring it up on the day of the the event, so to speak. I mean, the reality is our sport is very very dangerous. You're driving at speeds excessive of 300 kilometers an hour, you know, inches away from one another. So, um, at that point, anything can happen at any moment, and it's it's faster than what the human body can deal with from a reaction standpoint. Um, so. Yeah, he, 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 he talks about it openly and he honestly said it changed his, his way of looking at life and sport because he, he got a second chance that he should be gone. Everyone was sure that he was gone. Um, so now he's he's in North America competing in IndyCar and uh, having a very good run at it. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Unbelievable. It, I mean, the whole story is unbelievable because you've got, you've got to be continuously getting better as a driver while at the same time keeping part of your brain going, okay, I've got to keep everybody here happy mm-hmm. it's a it's a very difficult thing to be elite and high performance while also running the business yeah i look it it's obviously very enjoyable as well because like you're centrally involved in everything you get to decide well you don't get to decide but the success or failure of it ultimately comes down to you in a way yeah well i i actually 
like that side of the business um, to some degree. Obviously, I'm here to, to win races and, and drive a car, and that's ultimately why I'm here. But the other side comes somewhat naturally. But I actually find a lot of motivation and you know hunger from the success stories of Irish businessmen, so the likes of JP McManus and, and guys like that here in, in in Ireland. You know those self-made guys, that hunger, get up and go, make it happen sort of attitude is is what spurs me on in that division um, because you can make anything you want happen if you're willing to work hard enough but again I'm fortunate to have a team around me um, just in the last number of weeks got two people working behind me now who um, are working on the brand side and on the content side and we're very senior people in, in big North American agencies so yes I'm the front of it and, and, and doing uh, doing the, the talking so to speak but I'm very lucky to have a team behind me who, who are helping me implement that and ensure that the partners are getting return on investment How many races are there? Uh, 11 events and 15 races this year in, in North America. We'll start in St. Petersburg and Florida, work our way all th- up through the East Coast and the Midwest and ultimately out West um, to uh, finish in uh, Laguna Seca in California. It's super exciting, James. We wish you the very best of luck with it. Thanks a million for Thank you us. very much. Appreciate it. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.